Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SB3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, and we are not alone because it is Friday before a major pay-per-view, and that means it is time for one thing only, our major predictions show. Big couple of weeks for professional wrestling coming up here. Forbidden Door this weekend, Money in the Bank the following weekend, SummerSlam not that far in the distance. I'm going to be there in Nashville looking forward to it, but it's crazy in the world of professional wrestling right now. We got a huge Historic pay-per-view on Sunday with a card that has suddenly doubled in size, SP3. But before we get to you, let's welcome in our special guest here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, Forbidden Door Prediction Show edition from Wrestling Inc., the man himself, Nick Hausman. How's it going? Good, sir. Good, good. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. SP3, good to see you as well. Oh, yes. I, I was very excited. I was very excited when uh, when you said you would uh, come on and do this. It's uh, been a while since we've got to to chat about anything outside of the uh, Dallas Cowboys press box uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 38. It's been a hey, hot minute since we've got to was, talk. Though. They had a good. They had a good spread. You know, I'll, I'll be fair. Like their chicken tender game in that press box on point. <laughs> would like it if they opened a bar. You know, but whatever. Well, you got your own bar over there in Casa de Houseman, uh getting this party started off right. Well, if you're going to ask today, uh, <laughs> while we're reviewing or predicting or previewing Forbidden Door, I'll be drinking a Revolution Apollo Hero Hazy IPA uh, just to give love to a local Chicago brewery there. There we go. Sounds good. SP3, how we doing today? Big weekend for you. You got one of your dream matches. You've been spouting it off off on twitter about how correct once again you were i know you're excited for this pay-per-view come sunday you know i want to thank the great liberator antoine khan for uh listening to me and getting my request of the fatal four-way for the iwgp world thank you thank you antoine we we suddenly went from like six mat four matches five matches we have a 10 match card all of a sudden uh, after Dynamite this week, because, of course, AEW ain't going to put on no pay-per-view unless they get into the double digits. It just ain't happening. That's not how they roll. They're going to make sure they get this pay-per-view up till midnight, and they and we are going to enjoy every damn minute of it. And before we dive into all of the matches that are going on here, before we get to our trivia challenge and see if Nick believes that he can beat SP3 in our New Japan AEW Forbidden Door Trivia Challenge. Got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, developments, including this year's NHL finals, Major League Baseball, fighting news, even the next season's early NFL futures. Get on over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I said 50%. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B L E A V. Get into the action. Bet Online where the game starts and gentlemen let's dive right into our all in or excuse all in buy in uh on uh, forbidden door we got gun club max caster against new japan dojo sp3 you're gonna have to introduce me to uh, a few of these fellas here uh in, in this matchup you are the uh, new japan expert resident expert on the show here and yes uh scissors uh, all around in this matchup 
Scissor me, daddy ass. Scissor me. Um, the New Japan LA Dojo, probably the best dojo or best training school in wrestling, whether it's over in Japan, whether it's in LA. Kevin Knight has the best drop kick I've seen from a rookie uh, in like years. Uh, Alex Hoglin, he's been making a name for himself over at uh, Bloodsport and GCW, as well as New Japan Strong. The DKC has been New Japan Strong. He's also been on uh, AEW Dark. And Yuri Uramura is kind of the, the kind of the eighth of the last class from New Japan Dojo. Before this current class that they have over in Japan right now, Yuri Uramura was the guy that everybody was like pegging to to be the next hot star in a few years from New Japan. So they got a lot of talent, but Unfortunately, they're going against my boy Max Caster. So I got to go with Max Caster and the Gun Club. I, I feel like the, the Gun Club is so red hot right now. Um, a lot of that has to do with the, the just the silliness and the craziness. And Anthony Bowen's continuing to just, you know, ooze charisma, even though he's hurt. AEW does such a great job of of keeping these injured stars on television and just letting them get over with their personalities. They're on such a big role right now. I feel like this is the, the, the perfect match for them to kind of, uh, you know, continue their momentum and look, don't, don't go against Billy Gunn and the ass boys. They don't tend to lose too terribly often there, Nick. So I'm going to go a gun club and Max Caster on this one. Yeah, no, I, I feel like, you know, some, uh, some over AEW talent, uh, against the new Japan LA dojo talent, it, you know, it, it, this, this card, does not seem filled with matches that don't have some level of predictability, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of build for a lot of these matches, but yeah. you know, you're going to get to see some really great action here. I agree with SP3 about Co Coughlin. I'm most familiar of with of of these four, and yeah, he's he's really showed up and showed out. And uh, but I, I, you know, that aside, these four men don't really have personalities. They're just kind of guys to AEW fans. AEW fans know Max Caster and the Gun Club, and I find it very hard to believe that Tony Khan would put them out in a, in a way where they're going to look too terrible here. So I also lean Gun Club here, but we'll get a really great rap for Max Caster. We'll yeah. probably we'll probably learn more about these four guys from Max Caster's rap than and than like anything else most of the AEW universe knows about these four guys. So there you go. Should be a fun opening contest, uh, regardless. That leads us into and just absolutely stacked main card. And I know SP3 is itching to talk about it. So why don't we just go ahead and start this main card off with a bang? The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship is going to be on the line. Jay White said, I ain't facing Hangman Page. I ain't facing Adam Cole. And Tony Khan's like, ah, ah, you're facing them both. And oh, by the way, here is Okada SP3. I know Nick said that he was uh, getting goosebumps uh, on Wednesday when the music hit and he came down to the ring. This is something you called weeks ago. Just you know, you if you if you don't know by now, you don't follow SP3 on Twitter because he's been pretty much spouting it for the last couple of days uh, since this went down. Just reminding you all that he called this. So call your shot now. Who is walking out of Forbidden Door with the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship? I would say the coin dropping on AEW Dynamite this week might be one of my greatest moments in AEW history. And it's one of those moments, Rick, that I always tell you about where I do the inaudible scream that I don't want to wake up my two-year-olds. And I just go, <laughs> I had one of those moments when Okada came out on Dynamite. 
But unfortunately, he is versing my Bullet Club leader, Nick. I don't know if you're aware, but I'm a member of the Bullet Club. Jay White gave me the seal of approval. So I can't go against my boss. We got our, our monthly conference call on Saturday before the show. So I will tell him on every prediction show, I went for my boss, Jay White. I, I don't think you might be wrong here. You know, I think this is a chance for New Japan to probably double down on Jay White, if anything. You know, I think a lot of people, especially AEW fans who don't really know the New Japan product, would think, oh, here comes Okada. He's coming in. He's going to take this title back. But this title change only happened, like, what, a couple of weeks ago? Tops, right? Yeah. And so I don't know that the, you know, look, New Japan has been a little bit more uh, late 90s friendly with their top title as of late. But um, I, I don't know that they're going to be so quick to jump ship on Jay White. I think they probably know they've got some some more business to do with Okada uh, back in their company. Um, so I, I, I actually, not because I'm on the payroll for Jay White, I just, I kind of tend to lean Jay White here. Um, and I think you could pin either of the Adams, probably not Okada, but I do not foresee either. I don't, I don't foresee the IWGP title winding up on an AEW star. And I don't foresee the AEW title winding up on a new Japan star. I could be wrong. What a swerve if it goes the complete opposite direction. But for that, for that reason, I, I, I tend to lean Jay White as well. I'm with that. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you, you, you set it up at the top of the show. There is a certain level of predictability to this car, but with the, with AEW and New Japan working, you know, pretty fluently with one another, they could swerve some people here and have some some major titles end up in in separate companies. And Tony Khan could just go sheer, you know, multiverse of madness here and just say, "Screw it, we're just going to change everything up," uh, because he he just wants to have fun and just wants to watch the wrestling internet community burn uh, with everything that he does. So. I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to do a couple of uh, surprises here or there. Is this the match to do it? I don't think so. Um, I think this is honestly just a, a way to to get, as far as Tony's concerned, both Hangman and Adam Cole on this card. We know that injuries have been an issue for, for Tony Khan. He's missing a, a lot of key contributors from his company on this card. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega. I know we'd like to have those guys there. Uh, Adam Cole's been dealing with a labrum issue. This is a perfect match for him. SP3, we talked about, um, you know, trying to get him on the card, but limit him and talked about maybe a tag team match would be the best way. This basically serves the same purpose with a with a fatal four way. It's going to be a way for Adam Cole to uh, get in and out here or there and, and protect himself and not have to overwork himself. But I think he's still going to go out there and be Adam Cole as much as he can be. But yeah, at the end of the day, somebody from AEW is getting pinned in this. Uh, it's probably going to be Hangman Adam Page, I would guess, is the one that's going to eat the loss here. But I would, no. I, would, I would lean Cole. I would lean Cole. And I also, by the way, wanted to throw out a real quick case for Okada. This is a very big platform for New Japan at a time when they're really trying to win back over uh, North American fans. I mean, their North American expansion plans uh, fizzled very, very quickly when the pandemic hit. Uh, if you're looking, if you're New Japan and you're looking for a way to just grab a bunch of North American fans really quickly and maybe get them to tune back into whatever the next New Japan Strong is or pay-per-view, uh, maybe a title change. Maybe that's why they did the Jay White title, because they have been so so late 90s funky with their top title. <laughs> maybe they were like, well, get it off Okada. And then the, these North American fans, they'll see Okada take it back and that'll be the grift or whatever. You know, I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, but. Definitely a case for either. I agree. Yeah, not I, I'm I'm leaning towards Jay White, but I think it's definitely going to be either Jay 
uh, or Okada who, who I, walks. I, I do agree with Nick, though. The right, the right result in my eyes is Jay White pinning Adam Cole because there's a reason why they kind of kept them separate and not going physical. You could see them working together in the match, and then at the right time, Jay White is just known for pulling the trigger at the exact right time, hitting that blade runner. All he needs is one to get the victory, but he's also right with New Japan. They, the last time Jay White had the title, he didn't even successfully defend it once. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he does that again and loses it. A lot of the build for this, though, also, to your guys' credit, has been talking about Adam Cole saying it's all about the Bullet Club and the Undisputed Elite. So it would make sense that the result would come down to the two representatives in this match. So maybe it will be uh, Jay White pinning Adam Cole uh, in this matchup. Uh, the next one was a matchup we were all hoping was going to be uh, Zack Sabre Jr. against Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson is not going to be cleared for this match, but he has chosen, hand-picked an opponent for Zack Sabre Jr., somebody who's going to step in in his place. Who, who cares about the result of this match? Guys, who is the mystery opponent? I've seen basically two names tossed out there uh, as slam dunks from the IWC. I'm interested to get uh, your opinion on this. SP3, it's no surprise who you're going with here on this one. Gotta be Claudio Castanoli, a.k.a. Cesaro. Brian Danielson has been the biggest supporter of Cesaro during their time in WWE, both on and off screen when he was working with creative. He was a big supporter of him in Ring of Honor, and they have so much history with one another. He's the type of guy who's one of the best technical wrestlers in the world and can have a masterpiece with Zack Sabre Jr. And he fits the bill for the Blackpool Combat Club. He had William Regal's final matchup with him. William Regal has said if there's anyone outside of AEW, to join the BCC, it would be Cesaro, and to top everything off, the dynamic of the Puerto Rican combat club for blood, blood and guts, as I like to call them, Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club, is that Brian and Kingston hate each other. And if there's one person in this world that Kingston hates more than Brian Danielson, more than CM Punk, and probably just as much as Chris Jericho, it's Claudio Castanoli. <laughs> this fits the bill on so many levels. Yeah, and, and AEW has historically uh, delivered. I mean, there's a couple instances where you could probably, you know, nitpick, did this hit the, you know, what I was expecting kind of meter. But by and large, if word gets out that this is kind of where everybody's head's at and this is where we all think this is where this could be going, it usually delivers. Now, there's the Gargano twist where he's going to be in Chicago. There's some signing. He came out. He said, ah, to coincidence. <laughs> but maybe it's not a coincidence because <laughs> he's, he's a giant dick or whatever. Um, but anyway, it got, the Gargano factor is interesting, right? I I, I think it was Meltzer, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on Observer Radio earlier who said that it made more sense for Cesaro to be the guy because I believe the way it was phrased by Danielson is it wasn't just this match. It's also blood and gut. So whoever this is is a new Blackpool Combat Club member it's not just going to be subbing in for this this match, but also a very uh, hardcore match, right, in just a couple of days. Cesaro is the kind of guy that can thread the needle and do both those kinds of bouts and pull it off flawlessly. There's very few other, I mean, you know, you think of like a Bray Wyatt's out there, but he's not really known as a technician or a, I mean, I guess you could put him in blood and guts, but that's the only, you know, other big name I can, 
I'd love to see Nick Gage in Blackpool Combat Club, but I don't know how that match with Zack Sabre Jr. goes down. Blood and Guts, fine, but the ZSG versus MSK, or uh, no, MDK, that's, uh, that's a different situation. Anyway. The, 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 even though it would kind of technically, well, not technically, it would be New Japan versus New Japan. In this, does a guy like Kushida make any sense here? Uh, or is it kind of a possibility at all with him returning to New Japan recently just to kind of get him on this card? I, I mean, no, that's not Say that again. Sorry, SP3. I said that's not EEW. So that's that's the reason why I don't think, and I, I think Kushida is kind of committed. He said he's committed to being with New Japan, so he I don't think he's gonna spend time in AEW as well. Yeah, it's just one of those other guys that I thought of that you know could be possibility, you know, kind of a late fill in kind of thing. Uh, to me, I agree with SB3. I think this is you know slam dunk Cesaro. Uh, even though I, I, you know, there's part of me that still secretly wishes that he's the, the main person for maximum male models on SmackDown, but maybe, you know, that's, that's not going to end up being the case. I think AEW would be the much better place uh, for him, especially he fits like a glove in in Blackpool combat club. I think he's going to show up. I think it is going to be, uh, Cesaro, uh, and he's going to end up uh, picking the win here over, uh, whoever it is they're beating Zack Sabre jr. Right? Like we're all picking the, the, the mystery opponent to get the win on this one. Thumbs up from the uh, audience here. All right. Yeah, I, I all respect to Zack Sabre Jr., but whoever comes out and gets that pop, the fans are not going to want to see that person lose. Uh, here's another match that was uh, just added this week. We got the Bullet Club versus Dudes with Attitudes. I ain't picking against Sting. How about you, SP3? Oh, man, this is, this is a tough situation because... You got my favorite guys in New Japan outside of Jay White and Hiromu Takahashi and Shingo Takagi. L.I.J., I love those guys uh, so, so much. Bullet Club is my, you know, my home, my bread and butter. I am a member of the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. But I'm going to go with this awful name, Dudes with Attitude, and I'm going with, <laughs> with Los Singanablas de Japón. I'm going the opposite way. I, I go Bullet Club on this one. Um, a, you, the Bucks just came off a big tag title win. Um, B, this is a weird situation where AEW talent is jumping to New Japan. So you have like a weird AEW New Japan kind of alliance on that one side. And I think we're, I you know, all due respect to Sting and Darby Allen, I think you guys are giving them too much credit in the pecking order right now. Yeah, Sting's highlight in recent days has been kicking Kyle O'Reilly in the testicles over on a <laughs> AEW rampage. It's not even a dynamite spot. Uh, and B, Darby Allen just lost to Kyle O'Reilly for like, let's be real, no apparent reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the match did not need to happen on that show. No. And, and I was just gobsmacked. I was like, why would you do this anyway? So I, I mean... I, I think that this might be a situation of Bullet Club actually getting one over. I, I don't think Sting will take the uh, the pinfall here. No. But but look, Darby's not exactly where he was a year ago. Not in my eyes. Yeah. So. Again, Sting is the Sting's the Teflon here. He's the bulletproof one, uh, pun intended, uh, in, in this matchup until he actually you know loses a match, whether it's tag or single or otherwise, whether it's somebody else eating a pin. I, I just, I got to see it to believe it. So I'm going to go with dudes uh, with attitudes on this one. And uh, yeah, the Young Bucks have been hot as of late, but frankly, they're only heating them up to to lose to FTR down the line anyway. But doesn't the Young Bucks bragging about how they beat Sting without actually pinning or submitting Sting 
Isn't that just more fun, Rick? It is. is that sure. more, it's it's to more fun. Thank you. SP3, give me a thumbs up. It's just more fun. So, anyway. <laughs> you know, and this might be one of those, one of these matches, you know, just kind of look, glancing down the card here. This might be one of those matches where they need to give it to, uh, to people with some new Japan involved, you know, just to kind of like make sure they get some wins uh, yeah. on this card as well. Uh, but you know, you got matches as well with, you know, new Japan and, and AEW talent on the, in the same match, just like we have here with the Jericho appreciation society, uh, taking on Eddie Kingston, uh, Wheeler, Yuta and Shota, uh, excuse me. Uh, somebody pronounce this one for me. SB three. Shoto Omino. Thank you very, very much. Uh, like I said, uh, for those who are watching for the first time, I'm not that big of a new Japan pro guy, nothing against him. Just don't have a whole lot of time to watch him. So I'm learning probably with most uh, of the AEW audience who some of these guys are for the very, very first time. Uh, but uh, SP3, this is an interesting one. You want to talk about people who have been hot like the Bullet Club have been. Eddie Kingston's been hot. Like they've actually been letting Eddie Kingston win some matches as of late. He's wanting to get at Chris Jericho's throat. I got a feeling Eddie's going to get another big win on a pay-per-view here. I feel like Tim, Team Kingston is going to take this one. Might be a little bit of a shocker, but I'm going with Eddie. I know one thing about my New York brethren. He doesn't win big matches often. He's only won one <laughs> pay-per-view matchup in his AEW career, and that was against Jericho at yeah. Revolution. I think his big win over Jericho is going to be inside the line. We've got to bring up the the heat for the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Manolo Suzuki is someone who hasn't won in AEW, it seems like, ever. So he needs to win here. So I'm going with Jericho Suzuki. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with blood and guts on the horizon, it makes no sense to beat Jericho Appreciation Society. And I'll, I'll throw this just a little out there. Uh, I hope uh, Sammy Guevara is the one that beats Wheeler Yuta, um, and Yuta takes the pin. Just because if there's two guys in this match that I'd like to spit out and see something happen with, it'd be those two guys. So I'll just put that out there. All right, fair enough. Uh, our one and only women's match on the entire card. It is not New Japan versus AEW. It's just a good old-fashioned AEW-AEW fight here. Thunder Rosa, your girl SP3, defending her AEW Women's Championship against Tony Storm. Does your girl get the job done once again at Forbidden Door? I'm going to say yes, but these are two of my favorite female stars in all the professional wrestling. Like Tony Storm, that was greatly underutilized in WWE because of her age and because of her look. I thought she would immediately get up to the main roster and they took like three years to get her there. And then with AEW, they took a while to kind of get her going. Like, still feeling she should have won the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament because that would have made more sense for her to get the shot and opportunity here. But hey, better late than never. She's getting this on, on this big card. So I'm going with Linda Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I, I'm not really sure, right? I don't really know that they've done Thunder Rosa a whole lot of, uh, you know, service in her title run. You know, Britt not, Baker. Not really. At Britt Baker taking that Owen Hart Cup title tournament. I mean, she's still pushed in a way where Britt Baker still kind of in some ways has felt like the champion. And Jade Cargill uh, holding the TBS title and being just so dominant and undefeated and just such a personality. I just don't know. Like the, you know, I was talking to Hangman Page earlier. Cheap plug. Go check that out. Wrestling Inc. <laughs> Literally dropped like an hour ago. 
uh, as of this recording. But, you know, he was a guy who said that, you know, it was his first time being the top person. The pressure got to him. He don't he doesn't know that he became the kind of champion he wanted to become by his own volition. Right. You and, hear that a lot with with first time, you know, champions. You tend to hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're hearing it, I think, a little from Thunder Rosa. Not so much. Jade Cargill seems to have fallen into that role pretty nicely. But uh, Thunder Rosa, you know, she she seems, I, you know, I, it's like you get the title and you think something's just going to magically click. And I just wonder if it's a case of Thunder Rosa not kind of uh, moving with the responsibility of the title and elevating herself in other ways. Take that for what you you will. It's a very broad comment, right? So I do wonder if they want to continue the investment in Thunder Rosa, see where it goes. I mean, she's obviously great and a wonderful competitor, but Tony Storm has her own momentum right now and has had that WWE shine and kind of knows you know, what's expected of in somebody in a, a bigger position. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you do roll the dice and, and take this moment for, I wish they'd have done it with Ruby Soho and you've seen how badly she's been struggling since, since she lost to Britt Baker coming out of the gate. They, they definitely need to elevate more women in their women's division to seem sure. credible right now. So. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a big spot for Tony, obviously. Um, you know, a lot of people, saw her immediately come in and were kind of expecting, you know, AEW to kind of strap the rocket to her and, and, and let her go and use her in a way that WWE really didn't highlight her. And they, they didn't do that. They have slow played with Tony. They've kind of let her get uh, her feet wet and have kind of slowly integrated her in. And yes, yeah, she did not make it to the uh, finals of the Owen Hart tournament, uh, which I know a lot of people scratch their heads at. And that's when you get the IWC Warriors going, push somebody other than Britt Baker. But these are the same people who are saying, stop pushing XWWE talent. It's like, pick one here, guys. Uh, so it's like, either continue to go with Thunder Rosa or go with the XWWE talent. I, I feel I, like I, I'm not... Yeah, I'm sorry. I just want to say, I think there's a difference with the XWWE talent in the women's division and the know, men's division. I, I think there's a lot more... Uh, I think it just maybe because it's just a, a guy oriented. But I think there's a lot more people that complain about that. I think with the women's division, it's just kind of a give me a good women's division, right? That I don't think that the the fans are as quite finicky about that uh, argument that you're bringing up with the oh, women as they. Are, I know. I just like to give people shit. That, that's that's yeah. all. I I, I just okay. like to broad stroke yeah. things and give people shit. That's all. That's fine. That's fine. I'm getting into the nitty gritty. Um. I feel like this one could go either way. Honestly, I don't feel like they're ready to pull the, the trigger yet on Thunder Rosa. To me, it still feels like they want to go back uh, to Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker because, of course, they freaking do because, you know, it's still Britt Baker and she's still heavily pushed. And sure. you never know who else might be coming in down the line where it might make sense to bring in and, and face somebody like Thunder Rosa as maybe a heel coming into the company, possibly maybe depending on some lawyer moves. We'll see down the road, but I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa to get the win uh, over Tony Storm. This one to me, uh, going to be a great matchup, but man, this one might be one of the top two most predictable matches on the card because I think FTR is winning this one running away. SB3 and I have talked about this ad nauseum uh, with FTR, hopefully meeting down the line with the Young Bucks with literally all the tag team gold on the planet on the line. I definitely think this is FTR that's going to take home the IWGP tag team titles with the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And yeah, they just put all the damn gold on these guys. They have been way too white hot uh, as of recently. Cash Wheeler's on the run of, uh, excuse me, Dax Harwood's on the run of a lifetime right now. 
Uh oh, Nick's calling the timeout. Nick is calling the timeout. What are we doing here, sir? Now I am not a aficionado of lucha wrestling. All right, but I do have a member of the Wrestling Inc. team, uh, Eric Mutter. Shout out to Eric, who is a lucha aficionado, and he handles the bulk of our lucha news. Um, I also have another great New Japan aficionado, Ross Berman. Wonderful to have on the team. And they were getting into a very intense Slack discussion. For those that don't know what Slack is, it's like an internal corporate message board, <laughs> whatever. So Eric and Ross are going, like, not at, they're not fighting, but it's like a really, like, smart discussion. Because I don't know if y'all are familiar about the, like, drama with CMLL, AAA, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, like, uh, if uh, CMLL works with New Japan, Tony works for AAA, and I guess anybody who is CMLL, or no, AAA, or has screwed over CMLL, like Andrade or whatever, they don't get to be on Forbidden Door. It's a whole thing, right? So the whole holdup here with FTR is would New Japan put their titles on the tag team that also holds their tag team championships? Now, this is a company <laughs> that is denying Phoenix, Andrade, other yeah. even working this card, right? So I, I, my heart is with you two. My heart wants to have to start with this match. My brain says uh, they retain, or we see Rapongi. Uh, yeah, we see Rapongi Vice walk away as new champs. Cobb and Okada. You know, look, I, my heart is with y'all. I'm just wanting to. <laughs> For the sake of making this a good preview show with as much inside information as possible. Sure. Love it. That whole situation needed to be explained because if FTR does not win these titles, it is because of politics. And you all need to know that. Okay. So there you go. Politics. Drama. Destroys everything. SP3, who are you going with here? And to explain further for anyone who didn't understand oh. what Nick was saying, uh, AAA, AAA is the Bloods, CMLL is the Crips, and exactly. that's the issue here. Yes, exactly. See, he knows the... the <laughs> you don't want to know how I know that. Don't ask that. <laughs> it's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues here, and I agree that there's, there is that underlining of will they want to put those titles and i'm surprised that AAA haven't said yo ftr come over here so we could take these titles off of you by now but that hasn't happened yet i'm leaning towards ftr but then i get asked the question has dax harwood cash wheeler trent beretta rocky romero saved a person's life before no, Great Ocon has. And I want to see Great Ocon in the United States more to ride on mechanical penises. So I'm, you know, on this prediction show, I'm going with the United Empire. Wow. I'll take Rapongi Vice just to be the other team because I think they have a fair chance. So anyway. Ride or die FTR for life, baby. All right. This is uh, the mid-card championship that nobody asked for uh, in AEW that we're getting anyway. Uh, the All-Atlantic Championship, Fatal 4-Way, Malachi Black, Pac, Miro, and Ishii throwing it Ooh, down. Um, I got breaking news. Uh, there's just been a tweet. Tomohiro Ishii is apparently injured, and he will be replaced by Clark Connors in this matchup. Oh, 
Wow, that's kind of like perfect timing. Uh, <laughs> could not have put that uh, out there better. So, okay, okay. Well, and Clark Connors ain't winning this title. I hate to tell everybody that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, okay. So, spoiler alert. Boiler There's that other guy. All right, so screw it. Between Pack Miro and Malachi Black, SP3, who's winning this one? My pick from the start has been Malachi Black because I feel with Miro, it's a parallel move. He's not getting elevated because he's already been one of the greatest TNT champions, and that's just giving him another mid-card title. I think with Malachi back, it will give the House of Black some purpose since there's no trios titles yet, and there should have been trios titles before this title, but I'll go with Malachi Black. Uh, I'll go with Pac just because I think he's really lost in the shuffle with the the whole death triangle thing. It, 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 Lucha Brothers, like, it's also muddled. This guy needs something to stand out right now. Malachi Black has House of Black. I would not tell, I would not say have him take the pin. Well, no, Clark Connors is taking the pin. What the F? I was going to say, yeah. It's a dealer's choice here. Who's going to pin Clark Connors? So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say Pac over Connors strong. That's how I'm going. I'm going Malachi. I think Pac gets a face full of the black stuff. I think what's it? What's what's the dude's name? Connors. Huh? Clark Connors. Clark Connors is getting Clark. a foot to the face and he's getting pinned one, two, three. I don't know how Miro's getting taken out of this. I don't think Miro should be in this match personally. I think it's just a way to get him on the card, but he should be higher up in the pecking order as far as AEW is I'm concerned, which is why I don't want him to win this title. I want him to move up to bigger and better things in AEW. I think Malachi Black, I understand what you're saying, Nick, with being lost in the shuffle and pack. I would honestly say the same thing about Malachi since he's kind of been there. He's been more on screen black magic than he's really been like picking up, you know, major wins since the Cody feud. So I think Malachi needs it a little bit more. And I think Malachi is going to win this. Fair enough. This one's just going to be flat out fun. Like Will Ospreay's winning, right? Like Will Ospreay is going to win this match unless Tony decides to to pull a swerve here and do something really fun and have Orange Cassidy win. Imagine the pop uh, if Orange Cassidy catch, captures the IWGP United States Championship. But uh, to me, this screams Will Ospreay is going to win. I think this has some some shock potential, Nick. Uh, but I think either way, this is just going to be a really, really fun matchup where these guys can just have a ball. Not, not, to, not to spoil a future prediction. But uh, if Mox is going to beat Tanahashi, Osprey's beating somebody of worth, and and there I feel I feel like Orange Cassidy was the agreed upon of worth. Uh, <laughs> so, so I I go I definitely go Osprey in this situation, and I do I think I think this match was the trade off for the Moxley Tanahashi. I think this is where the two sides be, were able to meet in the middle. So, SP three. Yeah, I mean, you can't have Will Ospreay lose all these trio matches and then lose to Orange Cassidy. I think that this is going to be the closest we get to Revolution 2020 when it was Pac versus Orange Cassidy, still Orange's best match ever. I think Will Ospreay is going to have a whole bunch of fun with this. But yes, he uh, Orange is getting the Hidden Blade, Stormbreaker, one, two, three. Finally, our main event dream matchup here it's been teased and in the works for a long ass time now it's finally going down for the aew excuse me interim aew world championship john moxley hiroshi tanahashi look there's not much to say here right because i i really really doubt they're going to put the interim world title 
on somebody who's not in AEW. I think John Moxley is the perfect guy to hold that interim belt down until CM Punk comes back. To me, this is runaway. John Moxley's winning this. He's going to become technically the first two-time ever AEW world champion. This is just slam dunk for me. How it goes down, I'll enjoy the ride, but I know where it's stopping. Well, here's what's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we started this kind of conversation. What is this? What is this kind of? Where does this lead? Is this the end of the road until next year when we come back to Forbidden Door? Because Tony's already said he wants to do it again, right? Yeah. Or are we seeing something that's working and we want to push it further? Would Hangman Page winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship a couple matches before the main event make a lot of people go, what the F's about to happen to the main event, right? Yeah. Do yeah. If, if you want to continue to do this because and again we don't know right i'll just i'll just devil's advocate the other side of the you know situation here because we've got a couple minutes but like you know if 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 the titles were to wind up on wrestlers from different companies certainly opens up the door for a lot more business to be done bef between each side and so you know i see forbidden door is either you know the end of a chapter with a maybe chapter you know, depending on how New Japan gets the North American footing going, uh, independent of AEW, or uh, maybe these companies have genuinely seemed to find a way to do business together and see a bigger opportunity. And and uh, I'll just throw that out there. I, I think I'm probably very, very wrong with the latter, but I thought it was worth at least putting out there because, yeah, as you guys said, Tony likes to screw screw things up. You know, not screw things up, but screw with people do screwy things. Yeah. Tony could wake up and choose violence. All right. Like he just could, he could just say F it. And the only thing that's keeping me from thinking he's going to do that is, you know, he has to work with another company, you know, on this and, and, you know, give and take and make sure not one side is, is getting it over the other. If hangman Adam page walks away with the, with the IWGP world title or Adam Cole for that matter. Ooh, all of a sudden that main event gets very, very, very interesting. Exactly. If that doesn't happen, yeah, John Moxley's winning SP3. Because like, Tony does that stuff. I'm trying to remember exactly the show it was where he was, there was something that happened earlier, and all of a sudden you were like, oh, wait, now I'm questioning the main event. He bragged about it. I don't know. All these media scrums blur together a little bit, but it's happened. He'll mess with you. And again, <laughs> New, New Japan seems to be in late 90s mode as of late as they try to find their, their groove again after the pandemic. So I don't count them out from wanting to do something maybe a little outside the box either. Yeah, I've, I've been saying since this match was made that there's like a 15 to 20 percent chance that Hiroshi Tanahashi wins because he was originally supposed to verse CM Punk. He's already said in promos he's challenging CM Punk to come to Wrestle Kingdom. And if Punk's not back by the end of 2022, I don't think there's a bigger stage for him to come back than Tokyo Dome in the main event against Tadahashi, especially if they're doing two nights at the Tokyo Dome. Why and, not do the second night for the for the unified AEW world title? And let's be fair, SB3, with the introduction of the All-Atlantic uh, Championship, it would probably be okay if one of the titles just went to Japan, right? And then yeah. we, can, we can make some of the other titles that are around right now. That more important you know they got three companies worth of belts in aew right now so yeah go ahead ship some of those bad boys overseas who gives a damn open up some tv time somewhere we got a couple of minutes left have to get into this because sp3 has a title to defend it is our believe trivia challenge does nick believe he can beat sp3 this is going to be very very quick to the three rounds nick all right it's going to be three rounds the first two rounds are timed 
God. And then the third round will be head to head. Wait till I finish the question. Say your name to buzz in. Whoever get buzzes in first and gives the correct answer will get that question right and the amount of points that I assign to it, which basically makes the first two rounds pointless. But regardless, we're going to have some fun anyway. SP3 will go first, as always, just so you can see how things are done. I'm in. Hush, SP3. This is how things go. Round number one, SP3. Hiroshi Tanahashi holds the record for most IWGP world title reigns with eight. You have 30 seconds to name the eight different men that he defeated to become champion. When the music starts. Uh, Kazuko Okada, Kenny Omega, Kenji Muda. Um, damn it. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, no. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I'd be so boned right now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Man, I might have to call a flyer. AJ Styles. Yes. Got that one at the buzzer. You got four of the eight. Um, I'm hoping I don't butcher some of these names. Uh, Giant Bernard was uh, in there. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Nagata. Yes. Naka Ishii. Yes. Kojima. Okada, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega. I, I've only been watching for half of Okada for Tadahashi's run, so I'm glad I got half of them. There you go. You got four. So it's four nothing. All right, Nick, you see how it works now. You have 30 seconds. Oh, God. To name eight of the nine non Japanese wrestlers who have held either the IWGP heavyweight or world heavyweight championships, because I know they recently combined. Uh, the world title with the the IC title. So it's just their world heavyweight championship. Eight of the nine non-Japanese wrestlers who have held that uh, when you hear the music. I am about to get walloped on. Uh, Brock Lesnar, right? Yes. Did Kurt, did Kurt Angle hold it? <clears throat> no, he just fought him for it. Uh, Carl Gotch? Uh, let's go. Oh, uh, oh uh, Bro did Brody hold it? Uh, what about Stan Hansen? Did he have the, the title at any point? Um, no. Nope. All the Gaijin that went over. Um, definitely not Andre. Um, this is really bad. I'm not a Japanese wrestling expert. <laughs> I got one. I got Brock. Switchblade JY, AJ Styles, Will Ospreay, oh. Kenny Omega, Vader. I was thinking older guy. I, I was thinking See, I more. Got more. I wasn't thinking modern guy. I was thinking like older. Uh, you are. I, uh, now I big, feel like an idiot. Anyway. Big Van Vader. Big Van Vader was the first. Then you had Hashim. Hashim I'd, have got, I'd have got to Vader eventually. That yeah. would have. I gave you 20 more seconds. Vader. Kind of, <laughs> you were, you were getting there. You, once he says Stan Hansen, I was like, he's going to say Vader next now. <laughs> that's, the thing, that's the thing is I was like, I'm trying to think like. I'm, I, I overthought the question. That was uh, the other that two was that uh, SP3 did not name, Scott Norton and Bob Sapp. Oh, shit. Scott Norton's awesome. <laughs> Damn it. All right, SP3. Let's, uh, let's test your, your IWGP United States and Intercontinental title knowledge. Six current and or former. This is Forbidden Door, after all. WWE superstars have held either the U.S. or Intercontinental Championships. You have 10 seconds 
to name five of them when you Wait, hear they, they currently working with WWE current or former current uh, or former shoot when you hear <laughs> when you hear it could be either the United States or IC or both there's a clue for okay. it or both Nakamura MVP AJ Styles Juice Robinson uh Juice Robinson worked for WWE. Give me that okay. one. Cody Rhodes. Uh, I'll give you Cody Rhodes as well. Sorry, uh, that was uh, my mistake on on Juice Robinson. So uh, it was actually seven. So I'll give you uh, I'll give you that one as well. The ones that I did have: uh, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Kenta, John Moxley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and MVP. MVP was a good shout, by the way. That was good. I didn't expect He's you to get MVP. He's the first ever IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Yep. So there you go. So that's four on top of the four you already had. So it is eight to one, eight to one. Oh, Nick, man. I know you're not a new Japan guy. So this is just a full fledged AEW question for you. All right. Well, I might know this one then let's find out five active wrestlers in AEW who have wrestled more than one match, more than one are still undefeated. You have 10 seconds to name those five. When you hear the music, uh, well, Kate Cargill obviously is one. Uh, five wrestlers that are undefeated. Who's who's new to the party here? Adam Cole's been beat. Brian's been beat. Uh, CM Punk. He's never been beat, right? CM he Punk? lost once. He lost oh, once. He lo- oh, yeah. in the in the. Okay, all right. He uh, lost twice to MJF. Yeah, oh, that's right. Uh, he did lose to MJF. Hook. Hook. Times, times up. Times up. Hook was one. Yep. Buddy Matthews oh, six and zero. Oh. Buddy Matthews has won six trios matches. Hook was obvious. Hook oh, was man. obvious. Man. Paul White. Buddy Matthews <laughs> lost to, to Pac. He lost to Pac in the qualifier for the All-Atlantic title. Oh, they didn't update their uh, freaking uh, stupid idiotic uh, records on HD.com then. You guys got the whole Team Taz color scheme going on, too. I should have picked up on that. You know. <laughs> so uh, since I screwed up Buddy Matthews there, I'll give you an extra points. Uh, Sting. Oh, yeah. Sting, by the way. The, the guy we talked about at nauseum at the top is, is 9-0. Uh, Sting is a perfect nine and zero. So it is eight to three, which means this final question will be worth, shockingly, six points. All right. So again, you guys have to wait until I finish the question to ring in. You ring in by saying your name. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. I'll take that as a yeah. Okay, there we go. Very simply, who has the most wins in the history of AEW? SP three. SP3 rings in first. Damn, I should have should have thought about this. Um Jungle Boy? Wow. That's correct. Right? That's right? It's right. It's Jungle he, Boy. He said it and I was like, that sounds right. Although I didn't know. 79 career wins in AEW, even though he just took a big L a couple weeks ago. Damn it! You always do this. You find a way. You've won six in a row now. Bastard even beat Renee Paquette on trivia about her old former colleagues. Son of a bitch. All right. Well, Nick, it doesn't matter what SP3 has going on. You're the winner's circle. Plug whatever you got. Wow. Um. Well, Um. go support wrestlinginc.com. And I'm at Nick underscore Houseman on Twitter. That's it. That's all I have to promote. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I had a great time. I'd love to come back and talk more wrestling with you guys sometime. So yes, absolutely. And Rick, you're gonna you're gonna be in uh, you're gonna be in Nashville for SummerSlam. So I'll get to see you then. Oh yeah. 
maybe on. we'll be at a press booth if it's that classy. I don't know. Sometimes In Nissan fly. Stadium. Where here's the thing. Here's what I've heard about Nissan Stadium. Best view of any press box in the NFL. Oh, so that so it's got to be better than Vegas and Dallas, where we needed binoculars to see the ring. So that that what is there a bar? I mean, it's Tennessee. I'm sure there's at least somebody's going to be there serving moonshine, right? See, like, here's that's... the thing: is I was the degenerate in the WrestleMania press meet press booth, where I had to go over and ask the guy who let people in and out if I could go down buy a beer with the fans and bring it back to the press booth. And he was like, I have to call somebody about that. <laughs> and then he called somebody about that. And then he looked at me and he goes, you can't do that. And I go, okay. So I had to just like leave the press box and go drink a beer amongst the people, which was wonderful. Actually. Um, I saw Cody Rhodes uh, debut with a beer in my hand amongst the fans. It was fantastic. But yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, I, I, I don't mind. I don't, whatever professional environment. You know, you got an IPA. Let's have a good time. Yeah, you were that guy in shorts and flip flops asking for a beer in the press box. That's who Nick Hausman is. SP3, you got your show this weekend as well, right? Big guest uh, from Fightful.com. Yes, uh, later today, we're going to be live at 11.35 a.m. Eastern time for uh, our Forbidden Door preview with Will Washington of Grab City, as well as Joe Holbert of Late Night Grin. And then tomorrow, True Hill Heat, 181, 10.05 a.m. Eastern time with special guest Kirian, one of the best experts when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So check that out. All right. And guys, uh, thank you for tuning in here today. Pound that thumbs up button for me. It really helps drive up our audience. If you're new to the channel and you have not subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button as well. That really helps us out. Appreciate you guys so much. SB3 and I will be back on Monday breaking down this card. And let's be honest, it's, it's the world of professional wrestling. Any other major story that breaks between now and then, uh, it's been a hell of a few weeks. This one's actually been kind of quiet. It's been nice. It's been nice. You've been listening and or watching the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, Forbidden Door Predictions Edition. Brought to you by Bet Online. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.